What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Asian bitches done under a podcast about sharing information and perspectives from the Asian diasporas in society and culture. We encourage you to subscribe to our show via Apple, Google, or Spotify. If you have enjoyed our episodes, please support us by giving us a five-star rating and get your friends on board to listen to us. Finally, we would love you to support this podcast by donating to our Buy Me a Coffee program. Your wonderful support and donations will help us to continue creating the platform for diversity and inclusivity. Make sure you check out the episode show notes for any collaborations we're working with to promote. Thanks again, and we hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hey, y'all! This is Jessie too. Hi, this is Helen. And we are Asian bitches down under. It is a sensational bright day after like literally two weeks of torrential rain here in Sydney. Helen, how are you? Yeah, it's more than three weeks, I think. Yeah, all the yeah. flood and the drenching, yeah. seeing the cars floating through the streets. Wow, <laughs> it's yeah. not funny it's been at quite all. Apocalyptic. Yeah, it's been quite apocalyptic here in New South Wales on the east coast of Australia. For all those listeners outside of Australia. We've had about two weeks of torrential rain here in the, and flooding here in the east coast of Australia. Mm. It's been quite apocalyptic, as I've said. Um, but, you know, last yesterday, um, I was able to walk around my neighbourhood. Um, it wasn't raining, but it was absolutely delightful to feel the sun on my face again, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Helen? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I took my dogs out yesterday for a walk, like, first time in just a little over a week or so. Yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing. And at least that they didn't have to... Like, so I tried to avoid them walking through the still the very muddy grass. Mud, yes. Yeah, walking yes. on the dry pedestrian path is something that you never yeah. consider that it's such a bless. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yeah, a blessing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, um, I've been keeping sane with, um, you know, how much of a yogi I am. And I wanted to give a quick shout mm-hmm. out to this, the most amazing, like I have been practicing yoga since I was 18 yep. and I'm now in my 30s. It is extraordinary the number of different mats I've been through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to give a shout out to this amazing new company called Mingo, uh, Wild Mingo. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the mats that they have are like, not only are they absolutely beautiful, and I have to say, this is the main reason they caught my eye in the beginning. Yeah. Um, their mats are designed by local artists yes. in Australia. Fantastic. And, um, it's just so beautiful. You step on it and they look like works of art. But it's like I, I'm not sure what it's made of, but it feels like suede. And when you when you stand on it, you, you feel like you're floating on cloud nine or something. Oh, nice! It's absolutely the most delicious feeling ever. And um, uh, for all you guys out there, really try out Wild Mingo uh, yoga mats. They're absolutely insanely amazing. And you know how much I love yoga. Mm-hmm. I do yoga like at least once a day. Um, on my happiest days, I get to do it twice a day. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's been amazing. Great. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, so turning on to our cultural consumption, mm-hmm. I wanted to quickly give a couple of plugs. Um, I have so many amazing new recommendations. Yes. Um, my partner and I moved into a new place, and so we've settled now. Yes. So we've been able to watch some new shows this week. Um, I, first of all, I was very excited about watching the Netflix uh, movie adaptation of Sarah Alderson's book, The Weekend Away. And so that dropped last Friday. Watched it. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Um, I'd say the book is a bit better just because it doesn't have to con- – like it was so riveting the way the book um, 
shocks you with a twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but Le- Leighton Meester is the protagonist um, about a woman who goes away with her friend and her friend is mysteriously murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so great. And then the other Netflix recommendation I have is another book adaptation, this time by an author called Karen Slaughter. Uh, her 2018 book, Pieces of Her, is now a miniseries on Netflix starring... Bella Heather Heatherston or Heather something. Uh, she's an Aussie actress and also Tony Collette. Mm, and Tony it's Collette. about um, yes. a woman try uh, a woman a young woman who discovers her mum is actually a former CIA agent of some sort or, <laughs> okay. or had some sort of mysterious past. And it's really gripping. I've only watched a pilot, but um, so far I'm totally in, and I'm also like on the side reading the book so i'm reading oh, the book nice. um and, uh-huh. and also following uh, the, 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 the show yeah. yeah like incrementally uh-huh. so i'm not um, i'm reading the book first like all the chapters yeah. first and then watching the show mm-hmm. yeah how about you helen what yeah. have you been um so the past two weeks um last week when we were supposed to do recording but then we couldn't <laughs> because of the weather and all the internet instability all the shit hap- shit things happening i was going to talk about inventing anna mm-hmm. so it's the show everyone's talking about yeah everyone was talking about it in february so i'm a late follower of the show and mm-hmm. i kind of binged mm-hmm. within like three or four days i assumed that it was a mockumentary that was at the maximum of two hours but it is a show that's compiled into nine episodes. I was thinking, what the fuck, you know, <laughs> nine episodes. Yeah, it's I, so long. It's so long. Am I going to, you know, follow us through? But um, luckily, I actually got really hooked on after the first episode. So the series begins with, the, like, a perspectives of the journalist who wrote the story about Anna Delvey, and we look into mm-hmm. into the journalist's life as well as she battles like pregnancy, trying to redeem herself from a previous crisis of something that she wrote, and people delved in about her uh, journalistic integrity, of course, because she's a woman, and she's trying to salvage her career by finding out this mysterious German heroist, Anna Delvey, who's like splurging through New York City. Anyway, so each episode is focused on the story of a person who was involved with all this inner Dalvi chaos. Uh, you have the fashion stylist and some white woman who is some kind of uh, philanthropist. Um, you know those one. Do you know those people that who owns that heritage house art collections and goes around dinner parties to look important? And also her boyfriend, mm. uh, who's been labelled as a futurist, uh, her friends and her personal trainer. So we see a lot of um, stories telling from all the people that involved in her uh, in her life, you know. So Anna Delvey, who's Anna Delvey? She's been found as a, like a con artist uh, who's been convicted of uh, grand lastry and theft and some kind of other criminal charges. So Netflix depicted her as like a constant gaslighting character. Mm. So I think the the, the, the actress who played Anna Delvey was um, Julia Garner. Garner, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think that she needs to remember a lot of lines because it's constantly that she just needs to repeat a lot of gaslighting sentence. Like, why are you making what it so mean? dramatic? I'm running a business here. Like no one's taking me uh-huh. serious because I'm a young woman. Uh-huh. Like why are you bothering uh-huh. with me with a credit card abuse when I'm dealing with like million dollar situation with lawyers and financiers? So it's a very repetitive script for her. Right. And right. there's also the um 
awkward scenes of the unpaid hotel stays that forces who which mm-hmm. forces eventually forces the friends and people around her to pay for it and the constant snobby attitude piling up um lies and putting people down and she's really asserting her power it's um people say that it's a story of fake it until you make it yeah yeah it's almost I would say it's it's very similar to Elizabeth Holmes um, story but she is conning the people who already are very rich and you know uh, you either love or hate Anna but I think it's it's also there's a um, aspects around how Instagram have played out in all the this whole overall story because it connects everyone and everything you know it's brilliant but it's also very fucking toxic you people obsessed about over instagram and believes instagram is like a stamp of approval because people assume that's a social credit when she's appear with some someone who's like in the fashion industry and people will want to get close to her how they you know that's how they've been conned um so my Mm. conclusion is that it's basically kind of like a nasty bitch pity each other (laughs) um they take on each other there's a combination of like juicy fraudulent story like Ocean's 13 and Catch Me If You Can um yeah kind of with a dash of woman's cattiness in between with each other because one of the the victim um who was her friend um Rachel Williams who came out to write a book about her experience with Anna Delvey as well yeah Mm. and it's something quite interesting because now even though it's a crime but the entertainment industry is making money out of her as well she's making money out of all these things that she went through like i went i i went to um i got onto youtube and look up her story and 60 minutes actually did a story of her last year and when the reporter was asking her questions and she still doesn't think that she's guilty she doesn't think that she's in crime so she's i guess she's got some sort of like a mental issue i don't know sociopath or psychopath you know she's a bit delusional when um she's very confident about what she's doing yeah yeah even though that she didn't eventually end up you know conning the 20 million dollars that she wanted from the banks and she yeah still is very firm on her agenda of that she wants to create something called ADF <laughs> whenever that she says the character says ADF in the show I keep thinking it's mm. Australian Defence Force <laughs> so her ADF is Anna Delvey Foundation where she wants to create oh, this right. um, exclusive arts club for the rich yeah. and famous in New York right yeah wow. how interesting you know the show kind of reminds me um, I'm seeing this trend and it's very condensed in that it's coming out all at once of um, mm-hmm. very kind of high-profile shows coming out on like Hulu and Netflix mm. and a lot on Hulu actually, uh, um, That stories that centre women mm-hmm. um, and from real life. And so this is a real-life story. It's a biopic-esque. Yeah. Um, the other one I can think of is um, the one um, starring – Amanda Siegfried, um, which is about Elizabeth Holmes, mm-hmm. obviously. Yep. Um, I forget what it's called. I think it's called... I mean, I know the book is called Bad Blood by um, John Cara something. Um, probably the best book I have ever read in terms of like... Um, um, I'm just going to look up what it's called. I think it's still um, called Nancy. 
bad blood. Is it called Bad Blood? Um, uh, so the show is called um, The Dropout. Okay. Which oh, is yeah, based the, the Dropout. On, yeah, the Dropout is based on Elizabeth the Holmes. Um, actual podcast, mm-hmm. uh, which was about uh, Elizabeth Holmes and the mm-hmm. way in which, you know, her Theranos um, went up and then went down. And it's I can't wait to see that. And then also the other show that I'm seeing that's similar to kind of like this whole genre of real life stories of young women is uh it's a show called the girl from plainville and it's basically charting the story of michelle carter who is who most famous for a few years ago when she was actually convicted of involuntary manslaughter mm. when she forced her um sort of i don't know you can't really call it a boyfriend i think she met this guy a few times and then she kept texting him and she like encouraged him to i'll oh, take uh, his own suicide. life yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very infamous story because um, Michelle Carter is very beautiful. Like, she looks like a model. And I think um, the the woman who plays her in the show is Elle Fanning. And Elle Fanning, the way in which they make her and her eyebrows, because Michelle Carter, she um, has really prominent eyebrows. Mm. She kind of looks like Cara Delevingne. Um, yeah, Elle Fanning looks like her. And um, it's just, like, so I, I'm kind of quite gripped by how a lot of shows now are taking i'm curious to see how you know they they portray her mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's just it's been a very like interesting year for of amazing shows i'd say yeah and and finally just yeah just to finish off our points about cultural consumption mm-hmm. i wanted to give a shout out to alice pong's new uh short kind of um why it's not why it's a children's book called granny comes to stay mm-hmm. Um, I will talk about it more thoroughly in a following in a podcast, perhaps in the future, okay. about the lacerating emotional weight and relief and joy in seeing stories of Asian people centered. But uh, just a quick shout out to um, those people and thank you to the p- wonderful people who uh, sent it to me. I believe it was. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to have to check the publishers before I give it a shout out. <laughs> but the book is Alice Pung's Come Granny Comes to Stay. So it's a recent published. Book. Oh, yes. Okay. It's recently published by Pan Macmillan. Oh, so just a shout-out to yeah. Pan Macmillan. Nice. Is that something that I can give it to my kids to read? Is it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. It's reading. so good. Yeah, that's amazing. I just want to quickly finish what you were talking about, the all these shows coming out about female criminals. Yeah. There's mm. My friend told me to watch Inventing Anna because she knows that how intrigued I am trying to compare male criminals and female criminals and how different they've been treated in a society. And there was a lot of... Anna Delvey spoke about a lot of like the injustice and the inequality between male and female for her to go through. Even she's a con artist that we know, but she, right. she spoke a lot of truth about how woman mm. is treated in the society. Um, like she said yeah. that... I love this quote. She said that the men fail upwards what is she yeah. was referring to even so that if those people who she conned that has lost the money for um the company they still get promoted mm. they don't get punished yeah. you know the men who yeah, yeah. are actually what we see in reality are the failures but they're not really failing in the society because they usually get promoted they've been um, yeah, exactly. This is what happened in the you know sexual assaults around workplaces well usually yeah, it will totally. be the woman who leaves the workplace yeah Okay, so that's from me. Exactly. 
Well, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, I will talk about the very interesting IWD International Women's Day events I have been uh, visiting, uh, attending Mm -hmm. this week. And Helen has a new story about Opera Australia and their racism. (laughs) We'll be right back. So we're back. Uh, So as you all know, uh, March 8th every year is IWD, International Women's Day, which is originally set up by the UN to mark Mm -hmm. women, I guess, in the world. Um, I have consistently in the last few years felt very uncomfortable about it because it's just like it feels as though it's like celebrating air. You know, it's like celebrating air. It's just like what women are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Women do shit every year, like stop tokenizing us. And a lot of the events that I go to often just treat us like um, it kind of always highlights a particular kind of woman, a particular kind of woman who is like overachieving. And I just like I have no – well, first mm. of all, I don't look up to women who overachieve because I'm just like it, – it really for me depends the kind of, it depends on the kind of achievement. Um, but if a woman like um, has like run a business, for instance, for me, it's kind of like ugh. it's a lot of things that we valorize in women often for me personally are not things that are worth for me, for me, right, personally, um, that I kind of mm-hmm. am bored by. Like when a woman is rewarded for being um, mm-hmm. to for so-called breaking the barrier or like this year's theme, breaking the bias in very like ways that on the outside might look like success. But uh, really, she's just been complicit um, in a lot of ways. So for instance, um, for me, when I see Mm -hmm. a female politician, yes, I understand that she has experienced and um, fought probably 500% more harder than the average male politician. Um, It Mm -hmm. does not mean that she is in some ways, in many ways, also still complicit in male power like you need to kind of bow down and be complicit um and follow the rules in a particular system in order to get to that top of that system do you know what i mean so yeah yeah i yeah i think that you're when you're saying overachiever is not because they work they work hard that we appreciate and we of course that we we understand that she works hard for what she needs to get but what you mean by overachiever is that those uh the woman who still follows through the patriarchy kind of power and the method that they use is probably very similar to a lot of men out there is that what you mean yeah well like <clears throat> i think at the source of my the source of my anger is really lies in the fact that a lot of these events highlight women who go up on stage and they are given half an hour to talk about their own personal life and how they overcame sexism. Because even when you're a white woman, um, you are, you know, discriminated against. Um, We all know that. You're sexualized and you're belittled because you have, you know, a a vagina instead of a penis. Um, But, but, but like, I don't just... I really don't find it useful when these really high-powered corporate women go up on stage and they give tips like, oh, um, the way to get better is to just destroy the negative voice in your head. Just like, um, just just kind of work on the way. It's it's so like um, work on yourself. Improve the way mm-hmm. you change mm-hmm. the way you see yourself. It's, it's very much like, um, it's very much like 
self-centered in that um if you change the way say like um, a lot of it a lot of what i'm hearing is like white women saying um get rid of the Mm -hmm. negative self-talk in your head and like um do things that can improve your Mm -hmm. self-esteem basically but that i find that highly insulting because it completely erase what's the injustice completely erases around the the whole society injustice Mm -hmm. of the real life yeah exactly society yeah it does not in any way acknowledge the fact that um disabled mm-hmm. women and women of color um and uh, uh all those women are mm. actually just perceived and the, the the injustices and the discrimination that they face um from mm. other people from society like it just completely eradicates that it pretends that um a woman um no matter your color or your ability or your sexuality she is assessed on a neutral mm-hmm. uh, mer- metric you know, and that assumption is so so um, yeah, insulting yeah. because it's false. You know, that is that if you go up on stage and you tell um, women, "Oh, here's my piece of advice for you: um, change the negative self-talk in your head." You're basically saying um, that you reckon that every single woman mm-hmm. is assessed equally, yeah. which is so not true. It's so like I, I get so angry about this because it's like it's damaging. It's very damaging to go out and say these things because it pretends that the world. Um, is uh, is absent of sexism and racism mm-hmm. and ableism and looksism, and I hate that. I hate people who pretend who who are so unaware that um, color doesn't mm-hmm. exist, that yeah, ableism that. doesn't exist. Yeah, you know? I think it also diminishes the people who has who cannot overcome by just simply saying that. Diminish, you know, get rid of your negative thought. It's almost like when because it's not our fault. Yeah, it's not yeah. our fault, and it's almost like it telling. Us. Yeah. Telling someone who has, you know, mental issues, saying that why don't you just go out? You know, it's, yeah. it's just why something. Don't you just, um, or why don't you just why don't open you just up? Like, yeah, yeah. Why don't you just like uh, change the way you think about yourself? Yeah, as though that will change your reality. Yeah, yeah. It's like alienating, you know, other scenarios that people would face in their life. Yeah, and I hate the corporatism and you know all this performative <laughs> things that happens oh every year. On International Women's Day, I cannot stand it. It's I cannot. Like, <laughs> I actually left one uh, this week in the morning. Left one feeling utterly exhausted because basically I wrote a op-ed piece which was mm-hmm. which came out on Tuesday for mm-hmm. SMH, yeah. and then on Wednesday I went to an event and it was like to the T, like exactly the things <laughs> you that described. I was criticizing. Yeah, and so and I thought you know oh, I'd go because you know um, it'll be f- fun to just see what I am writing about um and actually manifest mm-hmm. but it left an emotional kind of exhaustion in me i have to say like i left really really exhausted and like pissed off and oh. but you know thankfully i was reinvigorated by an excellent iwd event on mm-hmm. wednesday night run by um bunch of uh, these pair of women who have created their own clothing company and mm-hmm. i just want to take a break here to make sure I give them a sh- proper shout out so mm-hmm. um, just give me a moment okay. here, Helen. Um, so um, these two women uh, they ha- created a the community orientated Australian fashion label it's called Modest Fashion Outlet mm-hmm. and it's co-founded by Shikeki Razi and Parawin Takwai I went to the event in Fairfield okay and nice. um and it was just like um it really was the evening was dedicated to honoring afghan women mm-hmm. and kind of reminding us that the war uh, uh, in there and all those also the taliban's invasion it's still it's, it's, it's still, still 
happening, they are. you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I don't want, like, it's important, even though the world's attention right now is turning to Ukraine, let's not forget that in el- uh, elsewhere, there's yes. still plenty of women, unfortunately, mm-hmm. who are suffering under extreme um, lack of rights mm-hmm. and basic human rights violations. And yeah. um, they, it was such a beautiful evening. So I went with my partner and it was so lovely because we met, we sat next to the um, director of the uh, Thrive, mm-hmm. this organization that helps refugees and new migrants start their own businesses. And it's nice. funded by th- philanthropies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like so inspiring. And we also listened to this really insightful conversation, panel discussion with um, Afghan female activists, including Hava Razi and Bibi Goma Vuzavi and um, Hasaba Iramabi. Uh, they were talking about the situation of women and girls like in, in, in Kabul right now. And mm-hmm. so like, I, I like those events because they're more authentic, they, they're, they're more real, I guess. Yes. Like, and we're talking to women who are actually trying to help their own community. And it's not just all like general and broad, like it's not just all like, oh, change the way you think about yourself and you will rise up. That's like white female corporate feminism is not going to make the world a better place. Yeah, I think, you know, even with IWD, like we mentioned it last year or even the year before, it is becoming more commercialized, capitalized, you know, in the past decade and companies are making it out to, you know, taking the day to brand themselves, look oh, as if God. they're more gender equality. Yeah. Uh, try to present themselves as more gender equal in their own company. But when you have events that just simply talk, I don't know, just just simply talking nonsense, honestly. I I think you're giving like meaningless statements saying that change yourself or fit into your, you know, the society and you have to do this. You you have to follow the patriarchy rules. It's so insulting. It's just nothing. It's really insulting and it's also... Like I said that there's a hierarchy within it because it seems like the woman who fit into and be obedient of what the white male predominant ways of corporate world, then you mm. can get what you want. But a lot exactly. of times that not a lot of women will be able to be, can get that even access at the very yeah, front, exactly. you know, they can't exactly. even access. When they're speaking about breaking the glass ceiling, you know, yeah. a lot of women can't even step into a building with, you know, how can they break the ceiling at all? Yeah, or exactly. a lot of women who doesn't want to do that. Turning into corporatism for an event like this, it really kind of lost the plot of what you yeah, originally yeah, totally. trying to be. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it is very exhausting. Now, um, I understand. Yeah, it's so exhausting. But let's take a break, um, and when we come back, Helen is going to talk about her exhausting um, feelings about um, something that another white organisation in Australia have been doing that's uh, pretty problematic. Yes. Okay, so we're back. Um, I want to follow up an article I read about a fortnight ago regarding to Opera Australia. Uh, it was started by an uh, opinion, opinion written by the lady called Kat Sao Nyon. She's a Vietnamese Australian who's a strategist and also, I think, I believe she's an author as well. So she, her opinion was talking about how she went to see Torrendet, the uh, I think it was the opera that has been presented in 
early February by Opera Australia in Sydney.、Mm-hmm. She was saying that she was quite disappointed seeing white performers had、uh, yellow faced、um, mm. on a stage and. Where they painted the face yellow and oriental, you know, all this portrayal of a very stereotypical Chinese person,、yeah. and yeah. how she went to the other performance in other Western countries that they actually、yeah. adjusted the performance to make it not as racist, you know. In Europe,、yeah. um, so in Europe there was only the singing; there wasn't much stage acting, you know, and、yeah. in. One of the Canadian production with the of the same music piece Torrented was that they changed the name names of、yeah. the Asian characters. I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she was saying that performance should be progress progressive with the social climate. You know, obviously her opinion was met with a lot of harsh comments. You know, the most comments、mm. I see was like, "Oh, get over yourself. You're too sensitive."、Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, and I'm neither surprised that there were Asians who responded the same way as well, like those, you know, the white reply, white people's reply,、yeah. saying that, oh、yeah. no, it's not problematic, you know, it's just your own issue. Yeah. Of that, seeing the performance portray a stereotypical image, and often、mm. a racist narrative of Asians,、uh, it made me thinking that firstly. It is a problem, you know. The the Opera Australia、mm. and Sydney Opera House has been talked about. I think in May twenty twenty one, they have a systematic racism issue. They have one of their staff blackface going to、oh、a party、God. that was back in twenty sixteen. Yeah, and when you have an Asian person come out to talk about voice her her opinion, how she feel, and then she is、yeah. faced with criticism.、Mm. It just you know, it's like a. What's the term in English? I can't. I suddenly couldn't remember it. You know when you are hurt the first time,、yeah. and then、yeah. when you talk about it, you open up, and then you've been you've been harmed the second time repetitively. Yeah, yeah. is、like、there a people, term for that? Yeah,、um, in Chinese, I think it's like it's like repetitive harmness or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like whatever well, yeah, that, that you, happens. Yeah, wh- whatever that, that you voice out. Yeah, however that you. Talk about it. No one takes you seriously. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just that、really、happens in the court system when women talk about how they were abused, and、mm-hmm. like, often what I found is um often women say that this when they talk about it in court, it's like it's actually more painful than the、yes. actual crime. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it really upsets me because even though that she come out and talk about you know her experience and how bad that it make her feel. And the public response is like, oh, you're you're not the popular opinion. We don't. We're not going to take、oh, you seriously.、Yeah. And I just thought that, geez, when are we going to be listened? You know, as an Asian woman、yeah. talking about yeah, yeah, how、totally. much hurt that we experience through, and with opera, something like this, that it is. I think it's still very white dominated. You know, even though that we're <sighs> saying that. Jeez, okay. Yeah,、is. we we should celebrate. There's a Korean, you know, singer in this production. Yeah, I'm happy to see a Korean singer in this production, but the whole thing is still very racist. When you still have a performance, being you know using the method of yellow face and portraying a lot of、uh, stereotypical of Asians.、Uh, I think the name for the three Asian characters like Pim Pang Pon or something like that.、Yeah. Something ridiculous.、Yeah. I actually found a very well read, a very well written blog post. This was actually written in twenty sixteen、mm-hmm. by a festival director named Rob Busher of、uh, Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival.、Mm-hmm. He's actually already criticized Torrid, 
years ago, saying that、mm-hmm. um, I'm going to just read a quote here. Somehow, problematic theatre pieces continue being produced faithfully to their original stage plays by contemporary theatre companies, largely unaware that they are perpetuating negative stereotypes inherent within. Perhaps this case is unique to theatre because pieces are traditionally performed as they are written, but the suggestion that eliminating problematic, racist, or misogynistic aspects might compromise the integrity of a piece is not longer a defensible argument in 2016. So,、mm, you know, like、already in 2016, someone has written this,、yeah. but Opera、yeah. Australia doesn't think it is、oh, a、no. problem. Of course not, because ninety-five、um, percent of its audiences are white, white. straight,、yes. upper middle-class people who live in the eastern suburbs.、Mm, yeah, <laughs> and he continued to say,、um, Rob Busher continued to say that we ask our athletes, politicians, celebrities, educators, and journalists to be held to a certain moral standard of accountability regarding implicit bias within their work. Is it really、yeah. uh, too much to ask the same from our artists? You know, really,、that. everything need to move forward with、um, social climates. It's not like saying、yeah. that, oh, because it's done a hundred years ago, we should you、yeah. should present it as, yeah,、exactly. as the same now. Yeah, a hundred、yeah. years ago, black people did were not considered humans.、Mm. Like, is that the kind of world you want to live in? I know. You know? Yeah, I mean, Jesus it's like fucking Christ. Get it together, guys. <laughs> God, like, clearly, clearly, Helen, it's just. When when I see this, I just think clearly, nobody in the organization A has an Asian person working there, or even worse, B, nobody in the organization knows any Asians. That's why, like for them, they just don't see these、um, gaps. There, yeah, that's right. Spots that they yeah, have, you know, they clearly just don't have any relationship with any Asians. That's why it's okay for them to do this. Yeah, the decision makers and also the managerial levels. Yeah, are not Asians, or even with、exactly. the Asians, they probably don't think it's a problem that is very sensitive. You know, all other, say like in Europe and in US and in Canada, they have already adjusted the production to make it more、yeah. political correct. Opera <laughs>、yeah, Australia.、Exactly. <laughs> anyway, I think you know, Helen. Both you and I need to move to America. <laughs> That's all we need to do, <laughs> and try out all the sweets. Yeah, always just talking about. I had an interview with Kate from Saturday. Kat Liu, yay! So that's going to be on so, another、um, episode. I would like to close this episode with something more positive. Helen, can you leave us with something more yes, positive? Yes, the positive thing is that we are so looking forward to see the new Pixar Disney <laughs> animation coming out tonight. Hopefully, it's tonight in Australia time.、Yeah. Turning Red,、um, yeah, starring Sandra,、uh, Sandra Oh as the Asian mum. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know much about it because I only watched the trailer. I don't want to give away too much.、Uh, so it's apparently about an Asian American or Asian Canadian girl.、Mm-hmm. Um, what's that term called? Growing up, there's a genre for migrant story. Yeah, migrant coming of age. Sort coming of, of anim- age. Coming of age. Yeah, coming of age.、Yeah. Sort of animation. So I'm very looking、mm-hmm. forward because I love Inside Out, and I think this is something that. I would resonate so much because you know, I'm gonna choke up even talking about right now. Yeah, I've never seen in like a Pixar or in a Disney production that has a character that looks exactly. I wouldn't say exactly, but looks very similar to me when I was yeah yeah ten、exactly. <laughs> years old, wearing glasses. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah, and that hairstyle. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait to. <sighs> well, um, let's close up. Um, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Um, we're going to a fundraiser for uh, ref- Ukrainian, the for Ukrainian cause. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be very interesting and um, can't wait to see what it's like. Um, but looking forward to just chillaxing, really. I've had the yeah. craziest week. Just take it slow, everyone. Yeah. yeah. And stay safe, of course. Yeah, stay safe, everyone. Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. Remember to give us a five-star rating. We welcome listeners to send us your feedbacks on any topics you would like us to explore. See our updates on our socials and make sure that you share them with your friends to help us to extend the invisibility of Asian bitches down under. And let's continue the intersectionality of podcast industry. Thanks again, and we'll chat to you next week. Guys, take care and take, see you next week. Bye. I mean, talk to you next week. <laughs> yeah, talk to you next week.